Hello, welcome to the after party where putting grapefruit and tomatoes together on a platter is apparently the most groundbreaking. <laughs> There's a vinaigrette involved. It's poking. It's, it's poke. It's so easy to do. It's yuzu. It's soy sauce with fucking lemon and lime. Oh my gosh, this is a vine. You put watermelon inside a watermelon. Anybody? <laughs> no? Okay. Oh, we love queer eye at this table. Also, can we talk about how that was accidental? We didn't go into this episode no. going into we're going to make this a Queer Eye episode. I love how it just became that. Yeah. I did watch like 17 episodes of Queer Eye yesterday because I was very <laughs> hungover. So this <laughs> might have been yeah. on my mind. That's some feel-good uh, viewing. But yeah, like I I don't know. I, I just I saw Vince tied up and in my mind's eye because that was when we were doing the game in imagination. Um, what? And yeah, it was just I, I felt bad for him. He didn't ask for this and he needed some help. But as someone who also forgets the more quotidian aspects of like sleeping and cleaning and eating when, you know, I'm feeling down, it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I think Tracy felt a lot of uh, similarities with Vince. So it was nice to help someone. It was sad to go into a home that was so generic and then no food. That was just, come on now. Not even a cup of sugar to make a cake. You got to have emergency meals ready. Even if that's ramen or I always have cans of beans and rice. Yes. Always. I like yeah. those uh, those frozen Trader Joe's pizzas. I always mm. have a couple in my freezer. Friends come over. Oh, look, appetizers. It's great. Welcome to join the Queer Eye Party, <laughs> where we give you hel- household tips. Welcome to Queer the Party, a party within a party <laughs> where everyone gets a queer glow up. And Anara, and Anara finally gets a girlfriend. Uh, this was a collaboration between Ev, who helped us during the... Um, what was the first uh, the first Running labor? Running of the cows. Oh, is, is, yeah. jo- is this a bit? Because no. Ev? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actual Ev, who is actually a writer, doesn't have any memory impairments. I met him recently. He's cool. He's he very cool. cool. Very cool. He's cool. He's good beard. Yeah, Ev worked with me on this one. This is more like me having doing the heavy lifting. But again, some of these are based on Herculean labors. So the first labor you do is the Nemean lion. The Nemean lion is supposed to be like impervious to attack because of its golden fur. But shooting it in the mouth with a powder blast yep. is definitely not yep. a non-magical attack with swords. So what I'm hearing is that we were rewarded for avoiding the very nice, kind of convenient crop duster plot line and instead making Tracy into an anti-poison crop duster. Yeah, like avoiding your uh, neat plot ends is helping us out ultimately. This is actually hilarious. I mean, this is what I was excited for, for Labor Party. By doing this in any order, now you will do each labor with like new things. Like, I wonder if you'd use the magic hat. What had happened if uh, Vince had been your enemy? Like now you have a friend who you can call on the phone, Brandon. Yeah, the what stone. are those? First of all, I would really like to see Vince as a cat with the idea hat on. He would just come up with a better, I- to better ways to eat people, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like better traps. Uh, but those are sending stones. So when we went away and did our, our individual things, Tracy, on the side has been sort of trying to learn more magical construction, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, the first thing you get as part of your level eight, I think it is, or like level three or when you get level two of being artificer, 
you get to make a magical technology thing. Right. And you chose sending stones. Yeah, and they're usually like really small things. So yeah. the most cool one was a sending stone, and I kind of like put my own flavor on it. But basically, they are just walkie talkies that will work. Everywhere, Dan? They actually have no defined uh, space in between them. They're more like cell phones than anything, like the Nextel uh, walkie-talkies yeah. from 2005. <laughs> Which yeah. are still kind of, you know, people still use those kind of, they have like upgraded, because they're like heavy duty, like those tough books. Right, they use them on, uh, on construction sites yeah. and stuff. So yeah, they're actually like very, very powerful walkie-talkies. Yeah. So, so now, that's really cool. Anytime our party needs a giant lion to come eat something for us. Or a nice, just regular guy. Who's working on himself? Or yeah, I just want to hang out with Vince. Yeah, yeah. I do. I like. Vince I think for we Vince. should. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to be we'll a line potluck. Yeah, oh I like that. Uh, what would Donnie make for a potluck? Vince uh, would use an air fryer to make uh, <laughs> a poke inspired but cooked appetizer. <laughs> cooked. Johnny would bring forks. <laughs> Johnny would do all of the like t- like bring, decorations like, and. Sparkling oh. frosé with like edible Ooh. glitter. That would be delicious. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy's fluffernutter sandwiches. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Nemean line is really interesting because since you can't puncture him, or I guess with D and D terms, he has resistance to piercing, bludgeoning, and slashing damage from non-magical weapons. That means that the Nemean lion can swallow you whole. I have a swallow action, which I was uh-huh. going to do to Tracy if he had not grappled the lion's jaws. I'm too big and strong, though. You can't swallow so- me. Yeah, I'm that, Tracy. That would have been <laughs> Tracy. Yeah, it would have been very bad. But then you would have like rattled around in, in its stomach, That'd which would have been fun. very funny. Yeah, I had this vision in my head of how this is how it was gonna go. One of you was gonna fail miserably, like Brandon did. Hey, you were gonna get one of you was gonna get swallowed, and then Vince was gonna show up again and be like, "Oh man, don't know where he went." Probably went on into the cave, and then you would have set off one of the, the traps, and then you would have been knocked out, and he would have ate all of you. That would have been very good. What? That would have been that would have been like Vince's optimal plan. I was gonna say that's very dark as the way you hoped this would no, go. No, no, that's not DM Eric's plan. That's Vince's plan. Eric's plan was only one of us get eaten, and then the rest of us figure. And then it you out. guys figure it we out. Can, and be like, yeah. where's can, Inara? We can just say it. You were gonna have me screw up and get eaten. <laughs> he doesn't have to make you do it. You do it now. No, right. It exactly. wasn't even me. You screwed up by not being able to do your maze. Well, I argue that I am very good and solved it creatively. To yeah. be clear, we Eric actually gave us mazes, which isn't the first time he's done this to players. That's true. Paper mazes, printed out. We had to do them. It was very good. I did this uh, with the campaign that I played with Amanda and Julia Shafini and Eric Schneider from the Spirits team. This is like the D&D game that I was playing before I did join the party. I just think it's really fun to do a game inside of a game. So whenever you have a maze, you do a survival check to figure out how good you are at doing the maze. You make like DC tiers of how well you do. So if you do really well, you get an easy maze, which you print out like for children. You get a medium like difficulty maze. Also for children. Also for children. Listen, I, I have no shame in killing a easy children's maze. I you still killed it. it. And you did do that, yeah. This one was actually a little bit harder. The one that I did originally for Amanda and Julia's campaign. I think Julia got that one. It she, had like four lines in it. She did. She was a ranger, so she was super good at survival, and it was like a ladybug maze. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like on top of like a picture of an animal. It was very cute. This has been a three-dimensional piece of paper you've given us. I would have just folded. Yeah. See, if you fold time and space, you get from one point to the other point. Hole. That's deep. And it's a wormhole. That's where that is. I like that. <laughs> so, you know, I solved it better than everyone, I think. I would disagree with you. <laughs> I mean, it's why I'm the DM. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wait. And a quick plug for our Instagram, instagram.com slash join the party pod. We have a little photo of our mazes. I have a question for players. Yeah. How are you guys feeling about these trials so far? 
How are you feeling about fun. the approach? I also that we're want to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, wait. I don't you know, or wait, Nara? Amanda or Nara? <laughs> uh, regardless of my own personal feelings, no. I think Inara is going to really get disoriented as time goes on and sleep does not happen and days just kind of restart. She can count on nothing except for the passage of the seasons. I really like this approach. Michael really likes this approach. I think it's fun. Johnny, however, is fully taking advantage of all these different changes for clothing changes. Oh, for sure. Which I'm excited that that just ended in uh, winter times. Yeah, well, you were a Jungle Cruise operator for this I was game. a Jungle Cruise operator. You had Probably the puns like and everything. high socks, sandals. Oh, my gosh. Cargo shorts. Yep. Yeah. Johnny has Arctic weather sock sandal combination, by the way. Oh, wow. It I'm totally so excited. It seems really inefficient. It is waterproof, and it totally works, and I will describe it when we get there. God, I love being Zeol so much. <laughs> I think this is what happens when you have a triumvirate god system. Like, There's a reason why pantheons have so many gods, because you want gods to have specific personalities in mythologies and like be specific characters that control that one thing. But it's like, since we only have a triumvirate here, this like old Jewish grandpa is responsible for so many things, and he's just like not that great at being a trickster. I think that's like... What he's trying to function as, and he's trying to like regain some power here, even though he's kind of over a metaphysical barrel. But I really like it, and being him is really fun. So I like that he just kind of combined two labors, and he's like, "Fuck it." How do you feel about being just like a compass? Uh, he does not like being stuck in the compass. I'm sure he appreciates having the eyebrows now, though. He does, and he—that <laughs> is my funny. gift to him. Every time we will be there, I will activate the eyebrows. It's good. This is very like. Greek mythology, like, gods have human foibles, too. And I yeah. really like that. Yeah, It's fun to mess with. I'm super interested that Tracy doesn't have to sleep. So, like, at the end of these labors, both Anara and John are going to be dying. And Tracy's just going to be feeling We're great. dying. We're just tired and ready Anara for Anara will be dying. I know. I'm going to have to carry you on my back. It'll be fun. And okay, will on my be back. cute. <gasps> That's so cute. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get. Do you guys want to do some after-party questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Brandon, I have two questions that are related to each other. I'm unprepared. I'm sorry to hear that. This one comes from our Discord from Grizzly Joe, who is also named Tim. What a good name. Very good. Excellent. Why do you cut the podcast so heavily? Was that a decision you made from the beginning? Or are there things you cut out for sure in every episode? It's a big question. I don't want everyone to talk on it, obviously. But from my perspective, the barrier to entry for a lot of D&D podcasts is that they are so long and it takes so long to get to anything meaningful. And like that's a style of show. Like if you're just looking to like hang out and sort of be at the table with someone, that's great. That's what you enjoy. Very cool. I do not want to do that. I'm very much like a plot and story person. And so I think tighter editing serves story better. As terms of things that always get cut, not really. My only like big rule is jokes have to stay in the universe unless they're like really good. There's a lot of bloopers that I cut that are very good jokes, but ultimately don't serve the narrative or the story. So they end up in the bloopers, which is fun for our patrons if you're a patron. But other than that, honestly, most of the editing is like cleanup, long silences, long thinking sessions, us debating about whether or not to do a thing. Dice falling off the table. Dice falling off the table. Glasses clinking. References to Johnny being a, you're going to cut this, actually. I just realized <laughs> that he's a <laughs> licensed therapist. Yep. Do you guys oh, agree, I agree that, it's, that. that it's yeah good yeah. to edit that tightly? What and, do you... I mean, yeah. For me, it kind of came out of the way that we 
played and designed the first two episodes where we, you know, did like months of pre-production and planning to make sure that this story was inviting to people who had never played D&D before, like myself. So having a ton of, you know, dice rolls or banter among the players like it's nice to hear people on podcasts that feel like they're friends and feel like I am one of their friends too but there comes a point where that's like off-putting the outsiders like I didn't listen to McElroy podcast for a long time because I was like I think they're doing a bit but I don't know and that's just like <laughs> you just don't you know you have to really get the humor in order to get the humor and so it can be hard to start so that's why I really like that we kind of put story first and then people come to know us through that and the after party if they want to. And, you know, if they don't, that's fine. They can still enjoy our story. That is why we have the after party, too, so that we have a chance to talk about our choices, our characters, to hang out with each other, be a little bit more conversational. Loose, um, yeah. Because, yeah, we want to let people choose their experience. And if they want to have both, they can have both. But if they have time for two recaps and then they can tune into our newest arc, they can do that, too. Yeah. And for the after party, I don't think I edit much out at all. It's only, like, clean up at that point and anything that gets, like, too long-winded. But we had some big discussions at the top for that first episode of, like, we had some initial edits, and I think there were some, like, hey, this joke was... I remember this joke being really good. Uh, What happened to that joke? And it was, like, it was out of universe. Do we want that? That's, like, a style choice. It's a tone choice. But uh, we were really intentional about how we edited that first episode, and listening back, it's, like, you you can kind of (laughs) tell. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it set the stage for It set the tone and style for... Exactly, yeah, for what we did down the line... And I think now, where I am now, it's something I'm super proud of, the way it's edited and put together and the way it's structured and flows and everything. And, yeah. Something we always edit are fights. Initiative fighting, I think, is the least effective way to talk about fighting or combat on podcasts. So we spend a lot of time chopping things from there, like me discussing the maps or people deciding what to do next. Or, or me being like, wait, the door's on the north side? Wait, wh- which side? The, the north side? Or That's re- actually really interesting, too, because I have to be really careful to leave in just enough direction for the, uh, the listener to know where it is. Yeah. But the listener has the luxury of rewinding while yes. us in the moment do not. So we have to re-ask questions to make sure that we're understanding where you can just rewind if you don't understand a direction. And sometimes you get a little extra information from that re-ask or like you interpret it a right. different way and you learn something. So you have to then edit that in as right. well. And which make is that smooth. Yeah. yeah. I need to think about that critically. Like that's why I never use minis. That's why I very rarely use maps unless I need to make something explicitly clear to you three and then to the listeners. Yeah. I also ask about the rules of advantage every time advantage is, <laughs> oh <my laughs> is <God>. involved. <laughs> no one no one should ever play a rogue. Rogues are too complicated. Who let me play a rogue? <laughs> <laughs> it's also super interesting about fight scenes. It's like the thing that we that Amanda talks about a lot, which I love is and the thing I've been thinking about a lot is like podcasting and sound design and editing is about impressionism. It's about recreating the feeling that you have in the moment for the listener. So like fights Without music, I hate having 14 minute long music tracks, but without that like constant rhythm behind it that like drives it forward, they yeah. are so boring. Agreed. Oh my God. They Agreed. have no energy. Like yeah. they have less energy than dialogue does, yeah. which is bonkers. And maybe that is an argument for people that stream their games or that put up almost unedited or completely unedited videos or audio of their sessions is that like over that length of time you can kind of lose yourself in the conversation you feel like you're at the table and when the plot builds you kind of build along with it but we we have like a shortcut and a fast pass and you know we don't leave in all of that like time and tension and like player squabbling and whatever there might be so we need another way to make people care about the stakes like we do here 
very close together at one table, you know, watching the story unfold in our imaginations. So I'm super glad. And like, I don't know, we're so lucky that Brandon has all these skills to, yeah. to do these things between the music and the sound design and the great editing and just having a great editorial point of view because it takes everybody's talents from the writing to the story to the individual playing to just supporting each other as people that makes this actually happen. Yeah. Thank you. You know, that segues really nicely into another question. Uh, one of Brandon's other skills is remembering fucking continuity. Yes. <laughs> so God. This question comes from Amara. Do you guys ever reference something that had been previously cut or used for bloopers? How do you keep track of it all? all you know what the, the funny thing is? When we were talking about things that we wanted to come back a second ago or a bit ago or maybe an episode ago at this point, I don't know. I've listened to every episode, I don't know, four times at least. And I don't remember most of it. <laughs> I do. I just know when I make intentional choices about this being in canon or not. Yeah. In my head, I have to flag things that I definitely want to come back to. So there are right. things that I remember that I definitely want to bring back into the adventure. One example is the book of things to come. Yeah. Which uh, I think is a good example of teamwork is where you fill in the gaps where I can't and vice versa. It's between Brandon and I. I mean, Brandon has listened to it enough times that he has a working knowledge of a lot of the stuff in there, and he knows the difference between things that are cut and not cut, so I fill in all of the more detailed questions. Uh, and I rely on you to bring things back to the story later. Yeah, exactly. I think there are only two examples of things that Brandon cut that got referenced. Raccoon. Raccoon. I've, I've, I've been... <laughs> Waiting to yell raccoon, and I'm angry you got there first. Wait, the raccoon didn't cut, get cut though. It's in there. It's just not the quite the extent of the entire conversation. You, but you the whole thing. line where I was like, "Wait, that was my werewolf potion. Does that mean it's a were raccoon?" And everyone's like, "We're moving on." <laughs> <laughs> Raccoons drinking, you know, becoming friends. Well, there was a whole of, raccoon whole episode. Basically. <laughs> for what? Just to remember back in Antopolis <laughs> when we met Jamie for the first time, fish through the bucket of wine that had a, a werewolf potion in it into a dumpster. And then we established later that there were raccoons in said dumpster. I think we actually saw a raccoon like walking drunkenly away from the dumpster. Yes. And then I was like, wait, we there was a werewolf them... potion in that. Eric, are we going to have were raccoons? And we were like, moving on. Because <laughs> we had seen them on our way into the tavern and then on our way out, you know, thinking that we would have were raccoons, thinking that, oh, raccoons appreciate a good free wine. They'd become our friends. Yeah. We'd have raccoon, werewolf companions. Okay, so this is a good example of something that is really funny, so I try my hardest to keep it in. But the entirety of the segment does not serve the narrative, and it's very long, and I also try to keep things under an hour if possible because it's a long show. And we were otherwise. on our way to a big plot reveal, and then we were just freaking we're yes. messing with around raccoons. yeah, yeah. yeah. so two of us here really wanted to move on but the other two really wanted to fucking know what was going on with the raccoons listen i just want to remember my items i want to remember my items i remember my items i remember my items yes. i remember them i remember my items so it had no bearing on the further narrative so if things don't have bearing on narrative or they don't serve the comedic function they should not be in your show period that's I'm, my opinion i listen i agree with you the secret is Brandon and I were the ones who wanted to move the story forward. <laughs> I don't know how you could tell based on two people's enthusiasm and two people's quiet. That was it was a spoiler. But uh, what's the other thing? The other thing is that Fish has been trying to establish that Johnny is a licensed therapist for about thirty episodes now. I feel like there. I can't even remember when Johnny revealed that he had a degree in clinical psychology. I have a feeling I have a it's diploma. at the start of pool party. I have it says here diploma in clinical psychology. So I see that because it's in my items. I think I cut that. There was a reason I cut it. Well, partially because again, it doesn't serve narrative, but 
part of editing is trying to make everyone sound their funniest and best at all times. And I think the way it was set up, it just wasn't, it didn't have a punchline really. Like the punchline wasn't very punchy. Oh, sure. A lot of our jokes I'll edit to make the punchlines punchier. Like, Thank you. Like, <laughs> like Amanda and we were saying, like, we'll sort of riff until we get to the funny part. So I'll just cut some of the riffs so we hit right to the funny part so it's punchier. Would you say that we, we cut to the feeling? Is I would that say that we cut to the feeling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Fish. <laughs> I mean, don't apologize to me. Johnny's the licensed therapist. <laughs> we'll have a talk with him later. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this after party. I hope that your cabinets are well stocked and that you think of some freezer meals that you can keep around for emergencies. Please let us know what you thought of the episode and if you have any questions for the next after party at Join the Party Pod on Twitter or Tumblr, or you can email us hello at jointhepartypod.com. We love hearing from you. Seriously, this show is fun to play, but it's a lot more fun to enjoy it with you and to listen to what you have to say and to discuss with our patrons in Discord every single dang day. Patreon.com slash join the party pod is where you can get in on that action for as little as $1. Seriously, I didn't think I had room for another chat forum in my life, but the Discord is the thing that I check when I wake up and before I go to bed. Like, it's my favorite place on the internet. So thank you to everybody who supports us there. And to those of us who are about to join, we salute you. Bye, guys. See you later. Undying light be with you, and I ain't lying. No. Ugh. (laughs) 